Welcome to There Are Good Things Here, the podcast where we reflect on the lessons Katie Hubbard learned about living as she was preparing to die. I'm your host, Norman Hubbard, and I never once opened Katie's journals while she was alive. Now I'm opening them up to you so you can discover resources for your faith, refreshing honesty, and unexpected joy for the journey through a painful world with a wonderful God. In today's episode, I want to read you two journal entries from Katie's journal in mid-July of 2015, and then read a Karen Bridge blog post that she wrote from our time in Mexico. From Wednesday, July 15th, 2015, Katie writes, Psalm 59, 10. My God of mercy shall come to meet me. God shall let me see my desire on my enemies. Meditating on Psalm 59, my gals have written me notes every day that I'm in Mexico. Rachel sent me one today from Psalm 59, for God is my defense, my God of mercy. David wrote this when there were men literally hiding outside his house to kill him. He had your promise that he would be king, however impossible that must have seemed. I think that I will reread about David's life. 1 Samuel, it's crazy that David was the youngest of eight brothers. And then from Thursday, July 16th, the next day, she writes, Dear Lord, today started out with one of my confused narcotic funks. I think that it will take me several days to get over these systems symptoms. And then Katie's Caring Bridge post from July 19th entitled One Week in Mexico. Well, I guess neither Norman nor I have been up for a journal entry since his rather humorous post a few days ago. Part of the reason is that there really isn't that much to describe about a week in the hospital. I mean, it's about as exciting as watching paint dry or grass grow. After day three, Norman began waxing eloquent on how horrible it must be to be in prison, and I can't imagine, honestly. So I thought perhaps that might be a bad sign. I began to think about the guy in the Count of Monte Cristo imprisoned in the Chateau d'If with his hair and beard growing all long and carving his name on the wall and digging tunnels out and stuff. So there are a few insights for you into our mental and emotional state. I think the best exercise to understand how we feel would be to open up your phone to your emojis and push every single emoticon in there, and you will be somewhere in the vicinity of how we feel. The staff here are very friendly. We are certainly receiving good care. It's definitely not America. Anytime you are out of your own country, there's always an increased sense of vulnerability and discomfort. Throw in receiving medical care, and that explains the varied emotions. I told some folks over email 
that when the chemo nurses in America come in dressed in their hazmat suits, I just sit there and eat my popsicle and don't bat an eyelash. Nor do I wonder where the doctor is while they're pouring chemicals in my veins. But here, anytime someone gives me anything, I feel like asking, and sometimes do, what is that? Where's the doctor? Norman did venture down the street a few days ago, and he discovered a nice-looking dentist office. In Norman fashion, he scheduled an appointment with an endodontist and had a root canal on Friday. We thought that might up the fun factor here just a bit. Seriously, he was very impressed with the care and price, and he has needed a root canal for quite some time, so now seemed as good a time as any. The food here is very healthy. When Joseph began first began reading, he would walk through the grocery store and read all of the signs out loud. Once he saw gluten-free on a package and loudly read, glutton-free. I would say that the food here is definitely glutton-free. Now, my appetite is very off due to some of the procedures and treatments, so I'm kind of forcing myself to eat. For someone who's traveled a good bit, I don't find myself feeling particularly adventurous. The other night we walked outside and the wall of heat pushed me violently back in. I am not very interested in these super hot surroundings. I feel like the worst sort of self-focused American. I miss my kids terribly. There's no way around that. I was thinking about how Joe is still at the age where I know just about everything he does every single minute of the day, when he wakes up, when he eats, brushes his teeth, where he goes. So to have been away for a week and not know any of those things is hard. I'm okay not knowing those things about Tom, smiley face. Thankfully, we have been able to FaceTime every day with varying degrees of success and we're able to read him his bedtime story each night via FaceTime. I'm talking about Joe, of course, not Tom. Our nightly routine has helped Joe and I a lot. He told me that by nighttime, his love tank is empty. Mine too, buddy. Mine too. We have been here a full week, which means we have passed the halfway point. But as those who are middle-aged know, Halfway does not necessarily mean easy. Lord willing, we will be back in Yuma on Friday night and fly home on Saturday. Today I woke up from a nap and realized it was an hour later than I thought. That was such a great feeling. Norman and I are enjoying the time together. He has been studying non-stop around the clock, and that has been great for him as it sets him up for a speaking series he will be doing in early August, as well as puts him ahead in study for the year. I know that we are at our best when our absurd sense of humor begins to kick in, and we find humor where really there isn't much humorous at all. For instance, there is a store near us called Smart and Final. When I'm on my pain meds, I have a habit of swapping those first two consonants in smart and final. Norman finds this very funny. Or take another instance. Whenever I venture out into an extended cancer treatment regimen, 
I always choose the dreariest reading material possible. When I first did chemo, I found myself reading this lengthy tome on the siege of Leningrad. That was a real downer. Here, I've been reading Plutarch's Lives of the Noble Grecians and Romans. I've been reading about Alexander the Great and Julius Caesar and all of their depressing battles with the carnage that ensued. I guess if cancer treatment doesn't make you think a lot about mortality, I don't know what will. Being here, away from friends and family, and all that is familiar medically, I'm asking myself the question, how far would I go in pursuit of a cure? Being here makes me think about the underpinnings of our philosophies of cancer treatment at home. The unspoken message seems to be cure at any cost, no matter what the cost. Of course, there are good reasons to pursue aggressive treatment, and I certainly have. But I'm asking the question, when does aggressive treatment, chemotherapy, radiation, etc., become unreasonable? It seems that our theology may be implicated in this question. As Norman says, it seems like we place so much emphasis on the goodness of life here that we forget or minimize the surpassing goodness of the life to come. In fact, for the believer, death is merely a brief or immediate passage from life into life. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Jesus even had the audacity to say that everyone who lives and believes in me will never die in John eleven twenty six. Don't hear me say that I'm throwing in the towel. Far from it. I want to live a long life here on earth to celebrate or endure with Norman and my children the things that God takes us through. That's why I've come for treatment in Mexico. In coming here, however, my perspective on life is widened or deepened, as it often does when you leave your own country. You just see things a little bit differently. I think God is using this experience to help me live this life without any fear of the life to come. Why should a person fear the passage from life to life? This is not the first time I've left the country to be a patient in another, excuse me, this is the first time I have left the country to be a patient in another country, which is a whole other level of uncertainty and perspective. What have my days looked like? Most of my treatments involve getting infusions of this, that, and the other. Some of the treatments are fairly complex, but many are natural remedies that Norman and I feel we can continue to do at home. Please pray for continued perseverance for us. I've had some bumps along the way, fever, pain, loss of appetite, which makes for long days and uncertain nights. I'm sure when we get home, this will all seem very surreal. Pray that we will continue to use our time well. Pray that these treatments would help my body heal. Please pray for all of the folks caring for my family back home. My sister-in-law, Denise, just arrived yesterday to spend this last week with the crew. She never knew 25 years ago when she married my brother that she'd be spending a week taking care of his sister's kids. 
Love takes you in some strange directions. I commented to Norman, Did it ever occur to you that we would do anything this interesting together? I'm very grateful to Julie and Becky for holding down the fort last week, too, and for everyone else who has lifted us up in so many ways. We do have internet here and can receive emails as well as text via iMessage. It's been very good for me to stay in touch with home. Finally, I wanted to tell you that my PET scan from a week ago and a week and a half ago showed increased cancer in my bones, but still none in my liver. I have noticed since being here that the pain in my bones from the cancer has definitely decreased, so that is always a good sign. Thanks for following along. And hey, I just realized writing this update ate up a whole hour. Love, Katie. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode of There Are Good Things Here. I'm your host, Norman Hubbard, but next week I won't be. I hope that you'll be able to join me and especially my oldest son, Tom, who's going to take over hosting the show next week to read you a journal entry along with his reflections from the end of July 2015.